found beginning on page one of the Book of Common Prayer. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, but confess them with a humble, lowly, penitent, and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, it ought we most chiefly so to do, when we assemble and meet together to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice, under the throne of the heavenly grace, saying after me. Please kneel with Abel. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have heard and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things that we ought to have done, and we have done those things that we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent. According to thy promises, declare unto mankind, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, and hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. Be pardoned, and absolveth all those who truly repent and unfailingly believe his holy gospels. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his holy spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his <coughs> eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, 
and stand up to help me. Bring forth the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that imagine mischief for me. Let them be as the dust before the wind and the angel of the Lord scattering them. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. For they have privily laid their net to destroy me without a cause. Yea, even without a cause have they made a pit for my soul. Let a sudden destruction come upon him unawares, and his net that they have laid privily catch himself, that he may fall into his own mischief. And my soul be joyful in the Lord, it shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like unto thee, who deliverest the poor from him that is too strong for him, yea, the poor and him that is in misery, from him that spoileth him. False witnesses did rise up. They laid in my charge things that I knew not. They rewarded me evil for good, to the great discomfort of my soul. Nevertheless, when they were sick, I put on sackcloth and humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer shall turn into mine own bosom. I behave myself as though it had been my friend or my brother. I went heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. But in my adversity they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. Yea, the very abjects came together against me unawares, making mouths at me and ceased not. With the flatterers were busy mockers who gnashed upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long wilt thou look upon this? Oh, deliver my soul from the calamities which they bring on me, and my darling from the lions. So will I give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Oh, let not them that are mine enemies triumph over me ungodly. Neither let them wink with their eyes that hate me without a cause. And why? Their communing is not for peace. But they imagine deceitful words against them that are quiet in the land. They gaped upon me with their mouths and said, Fie on thee, fie on thee, we saw it with our eyes. This thou hast seen, O Lord. Hold not thy tongue then, go not far from me, O Lord. Awake and stand up to judge my quarrel. Avenge thou my cause, my God and my Lord. Judge me, O Lord my God, according to thy righteousness, and let them not triumph over me. Let them not say in their hearts, There, there, so would we have it. Neither let them say, we have devoured him. Let them be put to confusion and shame together that rejoice at my trouble. 
Let them be clothed with rebuke and dishonor that boast themselves against me. Let them be glad and rejoice that favor my righteous dealing. Yea, let them say always, Blessed be the Lord, who hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And as for my tongue, it shall be talking of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 44th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah. <clears throat> Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thy offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the watercourses. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And who, as I, shall call, and shall declare it, and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people, and the things that are coming, and shall come, let them shew unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid, have not I told thee from that time, and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit. And they are their own witnesses. They see not, nor know, that they may be ashamed. Who hath formed a God? or molten a graven image that is profitable for nothing. Behold, all his fellows shall be ashamed, and the workmen they are of men. Let them all be gathered together, let them stand up, yet they shall fear, and they shall be ashamed together. The smith with the tongs both worketh in the coals, and fashioneth it with hammers, and worketh it with the strength of his arms. Yea, he is hungry, and his strength faileth, his drinketh no water, and is faint. The carpenter stretcheth out his rule. He marketh, marketh it with a line. He fitteth it with planes, and he marketh it out with the compass, 
and maketh it after the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man, that it may remain in the house. He heweth, heweth him down cedars, and taketh the cypress and the oak, which he strengtheneth it for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. Then shall it be for a man to burn, for he will take thereof and warm himself. Yea, he kindleth it, and baketh bread. Yea, he maketh a god, and worshipeth it. He maketh it a graven image, and falleth down thereto. He burneth part thereof in the fire. With part thereof he eateth flesh. He roasteth roast, and is satisfied. Yea, he warmeth himself, and saith, Aha! I am warm, I have seen the fire. And the residue thereof he maketh a god, even his graven image. He falleth down unto it, and worshipeth it, and prayeth unto it, and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God. They have not known nor understood, for he hath shut their eyes that they cannot see, and their hearts that they cannot understand. And none considereth in his heart, neither is there knowledge nor understanding, to say, I have burned part of it in the fire. Yea, also I have baked bread upon the coals thereof. I have roasted flesh and eaten it. And shall I make the residue thereof an abomination? Shall I fall down to the stock of a tree? He feedeth on ashes. A deceived heart hath turned him aside, that he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant. I have formed thee, thou art my servant. O Israel, thou shalt not be forgotten of me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, ye mountains. O forest and every tree therein, for the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth, stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself, that frustrateth the tokens of the liars, and maketh diviners mad, that turneth wise men backward, and maketh their knowledge foolish, that confirmeth the word of his servant, and performeth the counsel of his messengers, that saith to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah ye shall be built, and I will raise up the decayed places thereof, that saith to the deep, Be dry, and I will dry up thy rivers, that saith of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and shall perform all my pleasure. Even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built, and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. Here endeth the first lesson. Please join me in the Tadea on page six. Page six.
chapter of the epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Romans. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. They ran at the second lesson. Please join me in the Benedictus on page 11. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. And I pray. Thank you. 
Look down from heaven, we humbly beseech thee, with the eyes of mercy, upon this child Elsie, now lying upon the bed of sickness. Visit her, O Lord, with thy salvation. Deliver her in thy good appointed time from her bodily pain, and save her soul for thy mercy's sake, that if it shall be thy pleasure to prolong her days here on earth, she may live to thee, and be an instrument of thy glory, by serving thee faithfully and doing good in her generation. Or else receive her into those heavenly habitations, where the souls of those who sleep in the Lord Jesus enjoy perpetual rest and felicity. Grant this, O Lord, for thy mercy's sake, and the same thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. O Lord Jesus Christ, who dost embrace children with the arms of thy mercy, and dost make them living members of thy church, Give them, especially Evelyn, grace we pray thee, to stand fast in thy faith, to obey thy word, and to abide in thy love, that being made strong by thy Holy Spirit, they may resist temptation and overcome evil, and may rejoice in the life that now is, and dwell with thee in the life that is to come. Through thy merits, O merciful Savior, who with the Father and the Holy Ghost livest and reignest one God, world without end. The litany is found on page 31 of the Book of Common Prayer.
Oh, 
children, and they show thy pity upon all prisoners and captives. We beseech thee to lead us to the Lord, that it may please thee to defend and provide for the fatherless children and widows, and all who are desolate and oppressed. We beseech thee to lead us to the Lord, that it may please thee to have mercy upon all men. We beseech thee to lead us to the Lord, that it may please thee to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts. We beseech thee to lead us to the Lord, that it may please thee to give and preserve to our youths the kindly fruits of the earth, so that in due time we may enjoy them. We beseech thee to lead us to the Lord, that it may please thee to give us true repentance, to forgive us all our sins, negligences, and ignorances, and to endure us with the grace of thy Holy Spirit to amend our lives according to thy holy word. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. Son of God, we beseech thee to hear us. Son of God, we beseech thee to hear us. O Lamb of God, that takest away the sins of the God, we 
Please join me in Psalm 36, found on page 64 of the Psalms of David and Meter. Page 64 of the Psalms of David and Meter.
What treasure or service can I give to the God who saw in my sin and death and said, I will die to make that enemy my brother? What could we give? St. Paul has already spent chapters and chapters describing what the fallen human position is before the Holy God. He writes, But we have already charged that all, both Jew and Greek, are under sin, as it is written, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. We know that wherever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 20. It is this condition of both Jew and Gentile which marks the tragic and beautiful victory of the Son of God so necessary. But it also reminds us of why epiphany is so very important. If all of humanity is implicated in the broken state of our fallen world, then our very actions to try and fix this world will be hampered by weaknesses we cannot even begin to fathom. If sin is a disease we carry, a disease which causes us to hurt ourselves and those we love, then we will carry this disease with us wherever we go and whatever we do. We find that our best intentions are as susceptible to the plague of sin as our worst, most petty desires. This reality makes the fiery preacher yelling at us to just be better, just be better. It makes him the same as the self-help fixer telling us to somehow save ourselves. It makes the self-righteous bully the same as the political operative who promises our support will save the world somehow this time. Epiphany brings the staggering realization that without God revealing to us who he is, without the Greek physician bringing himself crashing into our broken lives, we won't be able to salvage this day, much less our lives or our families or the world. This point really shouldn't be controversial. Every great victory in this fallen world is filled with collateral damage, compromise, and the grim specter of future fights. Always. There is no perfect victory. It is only in Christ where we find the untainted victory of seeing death reversed, pain destroyed, evil canceled. Our response to this complete and irreversible victory is to fully give ourselves over to worship. To worship in such a way that we remind ourselves and show a fallen world that our connection to true victory is not found in our accomplishments or consumption. No, our only communion with true victory is through the worship of the victorious Messiah. That's it. That worship of the true and almighty God has always been this way.
This is not new. The victories of Israel over the child sacrificing Canaanites, those victories were not because they were smarter or better or freer. No. Their victories came from being the people among whom the living God chose to dwell. Both in the tabernacle and then in the temple, heaven and earth met in such a way that the glory of Eden was partially restored and men could once again be in the presence of God. What people couldn't benefit. But all this worship and victory after victory came tumbling down when priests and people began worshiping the strange gods of their neighbors, when they started passing their own children through the fire to feed their dead-eyed idols. That beautiful passage from Isaiah 44 today, uh, where Isaiah is actually making fun of you, the idea that you would sort of have a bunch of wood that you would cook your food with, and then you'd take some of that wood and make it into an idol you worship. That's madness. But it's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. People worship the things they make with their hands all the time, all around us. So we find then that in this epiphany tide, Jew joined Gentile in death. Right? Jew joined Gentile in death. And of course, what we find in the Old Testament is that death is a jealous master. But what we celebrate in epiphany tide is that God has defeated death for Jew and Gentile alike. God embraces dead children just as he embraces repentant murderers remade into the children of God. How? How? Well, the young child, those first Gentile wise men came to worship, grew up to rebuild the broken unity between God and man by writing a peace treaty in his own blood upon the cross. And from that, sending the Holy Ghost to transform the whitewashed tombs of our hearts into living temples fit for God to dwell in. The first Gentiles to worship right in the heart of God's living temple, worshiping around the temple made flesh. Those were the wise men representing the nations of the world bowing down in worship before God incarnate. These men were the first fruits of a new world in which Jew and Gentile are united in life through the holy worship now available to a new human race. A new human race capable of once again walking with God as Adam and Eve walked with him in the garden. But even more intimately, right? Even more intimately, not just with God walking with God in the cool of the day, right? No, even more intimately, God in us, God with us. It is this body, this new body, this regenerate, reborn body, made holy by the God who refused to let our sin be the final determiner of our destiny. It is this body that we now offer in sacrifice. All of it. Right? Paul doesn't leave any of it out. Our eyes, our ears, our tongues, our feet. We offer all of it to God as the humble thanksgiving for the sacrifice Christ has offered for us. To become Christ-like is to become sacrificial. Which raises some questions. What part of himself did God the Son hold back? 
What secret chamber of his person was invisible to the crowds as Jew and Gentile came together to nail his naked body to the cross? Right, this false epiphany. Seeing this ultimate example of what it looks like to defeat evil, what it looks like to be truly human, what can we possibly hold back? What part of I can I possibly keep from the God who gives me everything? As a read in Chronicles, all things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have thy given me. Even the gifts I could give him, even myself I give him, is all his anyway. Hiddenness, darkness, selfishness, these are the places in which evil festers and grows because it is not some hidden chamber of our hearts from which victory will somehow come. No. Victory comes from us being the living reflections of the sacrifice Christ made on the cross. A living people whose entire life is a reminder to the world that the cross is what victory looks like. We find again and again that it is loving obedience to the Father. That is the means by which the world is saved. And so a people saved by this world-renouncing act now live every day as its humble imitators. Travelers on the narrow path to glory, Christ has already made straight for us. The path is there, we see it, we know. We follow him even now to the cross of the Lord's table, where we truly and spiritually partake of his body and blood in the Thanksgiving feast. We carry his life which will never know death in this new temple which binds Jew and Gentile in worshipful sacrifice. It is this reason why Christian ethics is so much more than a list of things to do or not to do. It's not a list of things to do or not to do. We don't do things for God so he won't be mad at us. That's not what this is about. We are living in the merciful age foretold by the prophets. As we read in Isaiah, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Who is he talking about? Us, right now. We are living in the light of this prophecy. And so our lives are governed by something bigger than the moral calculations of politicians or celebrities, blind professors or your average internet keyboard warrior. None of these victims of our ever-changing age are allowed to have sway over a living sacrifice. How could they? I am not my own. Right? What, what about my anger or my disordered sexual feelings? Isn't that the manifestation of who I really am? No. No. Because I am not my own. What about my past sins and the shame I carry from all those I have hurt with my terrible selfishness? Isn't that who I really am? No. Paul says no. Because I am not my own. 
It is God's love which makes a dead man alive. It's God's love which converts, transforms a son of wrath into a son of grace. We are more than we could ever be without him. But without him, we would live as empty, unloving imitations of the glorious, fully realized humanity, which is every Christ follower's destiny. It is for this reason that the Apostles' next command rings through the ages, calling us back from the brink of idolatry. He writes, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This verse should dispel any lingering ideas about listening to our inner child or living authentically as the highest good. Advice as bad for Charles Manson as it is for us. No. The Christian must be daily renewed by freely and joyously and painfully presenting his life as a sacrifice to our Lord. So that our very minds, our minds, reflect the image of the living God rather than that of a slowly decaying beast which is what we are without his mercy. This reality, blocked from our views by forces both natural and supernatural, may help us to understand what Jesus means when he says things like, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. The closer our fallen mind is to the world's idolatrous perspective, the more these types of phrases will make no sense to us whatsoever. How can I save my life by giving it up? But the closer, closer, and closer we get to the renewed mind of the reasonable and enlightened Christian, the more we can understand how self-denial is a necessary part of self-discovery. Or, perhaps differently put, the denial of our wants and desires for the benefit of God's truth and our neighbors. That denial is the blessed means by which Christ's divine love lives and grows and thrives in this evil world. It is in this way that the life of sacrificial love, which to the outside world seems to be life fulfillment suicide, that this life of sacrificial love is, in fact, the only logical response for a human being living on this planet upon the universe of creator showed us how to live and die and rise. There is no other path for us to take. There is only for us to follow Christ and live and die and rise. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. The exhortation is found on page 251 of the book of Common Prayer. Dearly beloved, on Sunday next, I purpose 
through God's assistance, to administer to all those who shall be religiously and devoutly disposed, the most comfortable sacrament of the body and blood of Christ, be received by them in remembrance of his meritorious cross and passion, whereby alone we obtain remission of our sins and are made partakers of the kingdom of heaven. Wherefore it is our duty to render most humble and hearty thanks to Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, because he hath given his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, not only to die for us, but also to be our spiritual food and sustenance in that holy sacrament, which being so divine and comfortable a thing to those who receive it worthily, and so dangerous to those who presume to receive it unworthily, my duty is to exhort you, in the meantime, to consider the dignity of that holy mystery, and the great peril of the unworthy receiving thereof, and so to search and examine your own consciences, and that not lightly, and after the manner of dissemblance with God, but so that you may come, holy and clean, to such a heavenly peace, and the marriage garment required by God in Holy Scripture, and be received as worthy partakers of that holy table. The way it means that you is, first, to examine your life and conduct by the rule of God's commandments, and in whatsoever you shall perceive yourselves to have offended, either by will, word, or deed, there to bewail your own sinfulness, and to confess yourselves to Almighty God with full purpose of amendment of life. And if you shall perceive your offenses to be such as are not only against God, but also against your neighbors, then ye shall reconcile yourselves unto them, being ready to make restitution and satisfaction according to the uttermost of your powers, for all injuries and wrongs done by you to any other, and being likewise ready to forgive others who have offended you, as you would have forgiveness of your offenses at God's hand. For otherwise the receiving of the Holy Communion doth nothing else but increase your condemnation. Therefore, if any of you be a blasphemer of God, a hinderer or slanderer of his word, an adulterer, or be in malice or envy or in any other grievous crime, repent you of all your sins, or else come not to that holy table. Lest after the taking of that holy sacrament, the devil enter into you, as he entered into Judas, and fill you full of all iniquities, and bring you to destruction for the body and soul. And because it is requisite that no man should come to the Holy Communion, but with a full trust in God's mercy and with a quiet conscience, therefore if there be any of you who by this means cannot quiet his own conscience, but requireth further comfort or counsel, let him come to me, or to some other discreet and learned minister of God's word, and open his grief, that by the ministry of God's holy word he may receive the benefit of absolution, together with spiritual counsel and advice, to the quieting of his conscience and removing false scruple and doubtfulness. Please join me in the offertory again, hymn 93.
defended by thy most gracious and ready help, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be amongst you and remain with you always. Please join me in hymn 91. 